THN is brought to you by Legend Comics and Coffee in Omaha, Nebraska, Listen Nerds Like You, and Floating Bunny head creator Jonathan Sims. Head to Skelenaut.com today to see John's comics, shirts, art prints, and more. That's S-K-E-L-E-N-A-U-T.com. Ah, Yes. Ho, ho, ha, ha. Remember me, old chum? You jolly devil. Welcome to THN. Cover to cover. We do it every Saturday live here from the Ziggurat deep below the metro area. And here's how it works. You call us at 402-819-4894 and we talk all things nerd, right? Not just comics like the other show. This show we do video games, we do TV, movies, all kinds of stuff. But if you don't call, we don't have a show. So we need to hear from you. And you can do so by calling us at 402 819 Or if you can't be here live, you can leave a message there. Or you can send us an MP3 to twoheadednerd at gmail.com anytime from anywhere on the, on the ding darn planet, folks. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Before we get started here, though, I need Joe Patrick to reset our question of the week. I can do that. Can you do that? I can. Prove to me that you can do that. I can. <laughs> I, I can do, is it? I want you to prove it now. All right. This week's question was submitted by Black Scorpion the Three via the THN forums. In honor of Titan Comics Pressing joining THN with their ad videos. They're not really ads. They're videos. Yeah. Uh, I think it's time we finally talk about our favorite ads in comics. We live in a world where ads are a nuisance, but the ads in comic books bring back a lot of fond memories. Yeah, man. Whether it's the ads for comics in comics, Robin will die, dot, 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 but you can prevent it. (laughs) What if you don't want to prevent it? You call the other number. You just don't prevent it? You don't prevent it. (laughs) Or ads for the non-comic stuff. uh, I'm calling to not prevent Robin's death. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He's talking about things like Sea Monkeys, Captain O, X-Ray Specs. Uh, I want to know what ads in comics you remember fondly. So I had to like sit down and really think about it and go through and not me, man. I don't, I mean, I don't remember a whole lot of like the actual advertisement stuff. I remember some of the dumb shit, obviously, but more of the comic book advertisement stuff. Cause we didn't have like back in the day, there was no internet. Right. So you're flipping through Batman and you get to the middle page and you're like, what? They're going to break Batman's back. You know? Yeah, right. <laughs> Oh, man, those were the days. Um, There's other crap to talk about, too. We need to talk about The Mandalorian. Oh, boy, The Mandalorian. Wow, do we need to talk about The Mandalorian. Uh, I am. Look, I'm just going to say it right now. You can't go to the Internet without seeing a picture of Baby Yoda. It's Mm -hmm. impossible. So if you haven't seen The Mandalorian, tough shit. Yeah, it's the hottest. We're talking about spoilers. Baby Yoda is like the hottest Star Wars character ever. And for okay, so. CBR put out something the other day and they were like, well, this latest episode of the Mandalorian ruins the whole vibe of your whole uh, lone wolf and cub bullshit. So if you like baby Yoda, just forget it, man. I'm like, did you watch the whole episode? What are they talking about? I I don't know. Turn that down. I didn't shut up. I did it. (laughs) I do have some questions though. I have some questions. So I just watched Mandalorian three. Last night, we're going full spoilers here, all right? Yeah. Full friggin' spoilers. Friggin'. Okay? Just watched it last night. 
and I really liked it. It was great. This was the first episode that was directed by her name is Chow. I can't remember. Her first it's name. the first. Uh, it's the first episode of Star Wars, maybe live action. Maybe I'm sure some of the cartoons were, but it's the first live action anything Star Wars directed by a woman. Right. And she is going to be directing the entire Obi-Wan series, from what I understand. Oh, she is tied to the Obi-Wan series. And right. it was great. Yeah, so great. Totally, totally great. Now, they kind of set up a thing where the Mandalorians were like, what's up with this dude? He's kind of a dick. We don't really like him. And da Because they're jealous of him because he sure. he's doing a great job and bringing in tons of cash, right? He did the thing. We'll get back to this. We'll get back to it. Thank you for calling THN cover to cover. Caller, who this? JD got a catch. JD, you know, while I answered the phone, we've been doing this a couple of years now. While I answered mm-hmm. the phone, I just realized that you probably don't even hear the first half of me saying thank you for calling THN cover to cover. Is that correct? No, I do. Okay, you do. Because it looks like it's connecting. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, never mind. Google, nice job. You guys are killing it this week. You just thought this whole time you were being <laughs> super rude to them? Yeah, I don't know. That like I was just like, who this? <laughs> <laughs> Which is not too different from how I actually answer the phone. So, <laughs> JD, what do you want to rap about today, buddy? Uh, well, sorry I missed uh, you guys' last episode. Uh, I was, at, at the time you guys were recording the last episode, I was sitting out in front of a food stall in Jurassic Park eating a churro. Oh, hey, so, nice. Oh, no kidding. Oh, you were down in Orlando. Yep. Or, or what was the atoll that Jurassic Park was on? I can't remember. <laughs> Isla Nublar? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Isla, 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 Isla Nublar. Isla Nublar. Whatever it is. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, so I real picked quick, up the churro and Hogsmeade. Before we get into it, the Jurassic Park ride. Mm-hmm. So my wife is not a roller coaster lady. She's not into it. it scares okay. me. Right? All right. We went down there mm-hmm. and we rode the Jurassic Park thing and it was dumb. Mm-hmm. It was kind of dated and dumb, but it was fun. Whatever. And then yeah. like at the very end, spoiler alert, they take you up this like 30 foot ramp. And you're in a boat, mm-hmm. of course. And just like all the other rides there, it starts with, welcome to Jurassic Park. Everything is fine. Yeah. Alarm, alarm. Oh, no. Something has gone wrong with the ride. Nope. You does, know? <laughs> does Mr. DNA show yeah. up? No, oh. he does not. But they take you up the 30-foot ramp, and you can plainly see it's not that high. You can even see the daylight at the end. And then the T-Rex head comes out and goes, Rawr, and you go down you know, a little mm-hmm. like ramp. Casey almost peed. She was just like, oh! like there were children on the ride that handled it so much better than her. It was uh-huh. incredible. <laughs> Pretty good. It's still one of my favorite. It's still one of my favorite rides. And yeah, the animatronics are, so, you know, are so really dated. not aging well. So dated. Yeah. It, uh, I don't actually, have a problem with it, though. I when think I was they're there, still kind of fun. Jurassic Park was completely under construction when I was there. Uh, they had like entire like walkways rerouted and there were big walls up because they've got a new big of roller course. coaster coming in for the uh, Jurassic World or for the yeah, next one yeah. where they introduced the cyber dinosaurs or whatever. Yeah, I don't know, like, but uh, Jurassic- it looks pretty cool. I mean, they're, they're doing a lot of work, but people just don't the uh, dinosaurs anymore. We had to give them cybernetic parts that fire razor blades or no one would pay attention. <laughs> you know, <laughs> freaking lasers. <laughs> yeah. All right. But back, back uh, to business. Here. Since, I missed, since I missed last call last episode, uh, I wanted to talk about my favorite private dick. Let's do it. Who's your favorite private dick, sir? Harry Dresden. Oh, the Dresden Files. Oh, nice, nice, nice. Yeah. yeah, man. I even liked that TV show. It was fun. Yeah, yeah. I liked the TV show. Yeah. yeah. And I went and I read the first two books back in the day. 
Mm-hmm. I believe I read yeah. the first two, or I read the first one and the third one, and yeah, that's what happened. I read the first one and then the third one and stopped midway through the third one and went, I'm not supposed to be reading this yet. <laughs> yeah, and then I never yeah. read the second one. But I really liked the first book. It was great. Yeah, you should really get on board. I'm I'm doing a reread of the whole series right now along with uh, this podcast called Unspoiled. Oh, nice. Where they, they take a property like Game of Thrones or Dresden Files or Harry Potter and one of the hosts has read it before and the other one completely hasn't. Okay. And then they go through like three chapters at a time and do episodes talking about them. That's fun. And Re- it's really fun. Real quick for the kids that don't know, reset Harry Dresden. Who is he? What's he do? Oh, uh, Harry Dresden is the only professional wizard in the Chicago phone book. It's, uh, it's true. <laughs> and he, he is a, that is what he is. He's a professional wizard. Uh, and he exists in this world where magic exists just under the surface of everything else. No one else really realizes it. And he kind of exists by being open, by being willing to be a laughing stock. But, uh, in the actual magical world, he's pretty much a badass. Yeah. Uh, as he puts it, he's got a lot of power, but no finesse. He's kind of a Yuri Gargan, like <laughs> he's, where like the, people think of him as like a spoon bender and a fake and everything, but that's like part of his cover as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. It's basically. Really yeah. Yeah. And, uh, there's, I mean, this series goes on. I mean, there's 16 books. We're coming up on the 17th here in the next year. Um, plus, a bunch of comics. The comics, the dynamite comics are actually really good. They were too. good. They were written by the author. That's why. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and they finally got the, the draw. They finally got the art under control when they had Eddie Granoff come on. Yeah. Uh, that was uh, a big help. The first one they did, the art was really weak and I was like, mm, yeah, you know? I remember because I wanted they to like kind those. Of settled in on their, the art was they so settled bad. in on the model. Yeah. They settled in on a really good character model for, for Harry. Um, but yeah, I just love those books. Uh, he's, you know, he, he makes a point of actually being a, a PI. He has his PI license. He, yeah. he mentored with a PI, uh, but he is a wizard. And like I said, he's a pretty badass wizard. I mean, right. he's and the whole thing was like, he was and, way better at the magic than he was the detective stuff, but he had yeah, to make yeah. money. <laughs> so, yep. yeah. And, and, and every book, every book up to a certain point kind of takes on a different, uh, facet of the, of the magical world. Um, you know, they start off with like, you know, a rogue sorcerer that's a rogue warlock that's killing people with magic. And then the second one is werewolves. And then the third one is vampires. And then the fourth one is zombies. And it just kind of keeps going like that. But then at a certain point, the, the cumulative continuity of the story starts to pick up you know because in the third one he spoiler alert he fucks up and causes a war between the red court the vampire's red court and the wizard's white council and yeah. it's a i would like to get global, back into those badass yep. war and the thing i love about the books is jim butcher makes every book bigger not just in page count but in scope and in world and the things that just keep going on. I mean, the things this guy's got to balance in his head yeah. to keep this world going is almost Hickman-esque. Well, and it's another kind of world where 
magic is not something you want to mess with. So we try to yeah. stay away from it as much as possible because the more you push on yeah. magic, the more magic will push back. And like, right. From what I understand, that's how the books go. Like he is forced to do more and more stuff in the magic world and it makes yeah. things worse and worse and worse. Yeah. And, 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 he, and the way he explains it to like some of the people that he has to encounter, like why, when he kind of reveals the supernatural world to normal humans and they're like, how, why? And he says, he says, how is this going on with nobody knowing? Because people don't want to know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nobody That's wants cool. to know that we're not at the top of the food chain. Nobody right. wants to know that there's this entire other thing that's going to eat us. Right. You know, it's like that Dr. Strange, so, uh, the Warren Ellis run that Dr. Strange did where they just kind of yeah. laid out that like, yeah, magic is everywhere. It's all around us. Yeah. And people are either too dumb to see it or too scared to see it. So they just tune it yeah. out. You know, and every once yeah, in a while we talk about a ghost story, like somebody moved my car keys or like, uh -huh. you know, like, oh, man, I swear, like it, it, my coffee cup just flew off my desk, whatever. Like, yeah, something horrible did that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, a re, there's a recurring theme in the Dresden Files where Harry's always going, ignorance is bliss. I really wish I could get it back. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Adam yeah. Wednesday and Kyle Fox are both saying that the Dresden Files audiobooks are where it's at. So I'm going to check that out. Oh, yeah. I've been going nuts on audio. Yeah, yeah, because uh, they're narrated by James Marsters, the guy who played Spike from oh, Buffy. Man. Oh, nice. I love him. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Be prepared. He's not actually British. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which, which is funny because once, <laughs> once you hear him do the audiobook, then your fan casting in your head is pretty much locked, and yeah. he is going to be Harry Dresden for the rest of your life. <laughs> nice. Now, and if you go back and you like really listen to him talk on Buffy. His British accent was pretty hacky. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. It was it's very slick. cartoon. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I recently finished the, um, it's called the Southern reach trilogy. Okay. Uh, annihilation. They made a movie. Of oh it. yeah. 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 Um, yeah. They were great. Actually. I liked the first book a lot more than I liked the second one. Yes. <laughs> but the third one was good. Uh, the third one brings it all back. Yeah. Uh, the second one though was narrated by Bronson Pinchot, who He's plays fantastic. Who played Balky Bartok? Yes. Yeah. yeah. He oh, is awesome. He's fantastic. I saw his name on the book and I was like, what is this? So did I. And he was <laughs> phenomenal. It's so good. Phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. JD, we got somebody else trying to call in. So I'm going to. Do you have an answer for this week's question, JD? Oh, real quick. Favorite comic ad? I don't have one. Okay. I, I, oh, I, I, I get out. Sorry. And I haven't had back issues oh, in forever. Drill Fair always enough. brings this show to a screeching halt. Fair I enough. apologize, Shitty. <laughs> I forgot that he's mainly digital. <laughs> All right, man. And speaking of which, Joe, Joe, can you get my article posted? Uh, yeah. Jesus. All right. Sorry. I yes. apologize for this crap, JD. I, I do. I'll talk to you later. 402-819-4894. The phone line is open. I'm a busy man, all right? Yeah. I got lots going on. Yeah, we all are, okay? Uh -huh. So, uh, yeah, The Mandalorian. Yeah. So, we are obviously reestablishing some of the stuff that we knew about Mandalorians. We didn't know anything about and Mandalorians. And the legend. Well, but I mean, based on like what people that like read in books and crap like that, like what we think we know or whatever. Sure. Right? Oh, I'll get a call coming in. God damn it. I want to get back into this. Thank you for calling THN Cover to Cover. Caller. Who this? I'm not actually mad that you called. Hey. I don't have a show. Hey, you greetings. Call. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> that was weird. Yeah. He's John so, from Jersey, he's fellas. So How you pissed. doing? He's I didn't, so pissed, I didn't want you to go back and listen to the show, and I'm like, God damn it, I'm trying to have a thought here. Oh, hi, John. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> 
Dave. I'm doing great. How are you doing good. today? Real good. What do you want to rap about, buddy? Well, say, so I called in. I don't know if you've played it or not yet. Don't, you don't have to play it because uh, I want to talk about something else. Okay. I Everyone's talking about Mandalorian. Everyone's mm-hmm. talking about um, how great that is. It is absolutely great. I've caught up. I love it. I don't want to talk about it. Okay. I want to talk about Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Okay. Do you guys remember this? The cartoon? Do you remember this series? Yes, it's yes. excellent. It was a cartoon. Uh-huh. It yeah. is it is on Disney Plus. I am watching it through with my eight year old son. It is I think it's the Marvel version of the Justice League Unlimited. Yeah, it series. definitely I, is, yeah. It's as close it's as possible spin. to it. I still think the Justice League one is better. Well, that's because you know they had so that. many more years to establish that world. That's true. That's exactly right. If they had allowed this to grow and have an X-Men season or a Fantastic Four couple of episodes, yeah, like if they great. had let this really... And, and Disney, this is the one casualty, I really think, of Disney buying Marvel. Because when they did, they canceled this so they could launch their own series on Disney XD, I believe. And it was awful. Because I yeah. don't think this was done by sucked. Disney originally. Uh, no, yeah, it was, I think it was just by Fox Studios or whoever did those Fox cartoons. Um, yeah, it was, but it was not Disney. And when Disney bought Marvel, I remember they're like, oh no, we're not canceling this. We're just relaunching it as something else. No, yeah, they it was called Avengers it. Assemble was the, was the replacement yeah, and show. It and it was far inferior. It was this so was, much worse. This yeah, is, in fact, I'm going to just go on a limb here and say, this is the best Marvel animated series by far. And I'll even go up I, against Spider-Man I don't and the X-Men. Because I don't disagree. This has continuity. Yeah, you yeah no, I agree. Just, what would you? No, I said I don't disagree. Oh yeah, perfect. I want to go I further with bring this. this back. I want to go a little further with that thought because now the Disney Plus has <laughs> unleashed a '90s cartoon renaissance on us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've like kind of went back and I was like, oh, you know, I'll watch a couple of the X Men cartoons. I'll watch some of the old Spider Man cartoons. They're not good. They are not no. good. Uh, the the, they suck. They're not good. The X-Men Joe. cartoons are not good. The X-Men cartoons are bad. I watched the Straight first. Straight up fun. They're I watched fun. I will, I will get drunk or high and watch them. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. No, I'm with you. I'm like, I but feel like I'm watching the whole watch Dark Phoenix saga in, in 22 minutes. <laughs> I, watched, I watched the first seven or eight episodes of the 90s Spider-Man animated series, and it held up way better than I remember. It's fine. Okay, well, no, then, it's you got, know what? It's got I, its know own what in, I know what I'm going to watch next. It's got its own internal continuity. It builds on itself. It ha- it's like steeped yeah. in old comic book yeah. lore. I mean, yes, well, it's it's from that time, but like it's good. The X-Men show is not yeah. good. No, the X-Men show was terrible. No, the X-Men show just has some fun moments and it's cool to see the character designs and the animated. Theme, theme song rips. But it, it yeah. doesn't hold up storytelling wise. It does have a, no, this, a ripping no, theme I'm song. I'm telling you, this this show, if if you if you have a time, I say go back and kind of binge it because the story the storytelling in it is some of the it's it's as good as some of the best comic book storytelling. Yeah. Like Hawkeye Hawkeye is this prisoner in in one of the shield vaults that is helping Iron Man during an escape and there's no reason given. But in the next couple episodes, this unvi- uh, this whole thread becomes the main storyline eventually. Like it's it's just crazy how well in advance they had this all planned out. And it kind of reminds me sort of like maybe they learned some really good lessons here and applied it to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Possibly. Yeah, that could be. Who worked on that, by the way? Who was behind that? Uh, oh, you know, I don't know. I want to say that uh, I want to say that uh, uh, those guys that were hot comic writers for a minute, uh, Kyle and Yost, you know, they did like new X-Men. I OK, yeah. Right. I yeah. feel like maybe they had a hand in that. 
Um, cause they were, yeah. all, they also, they came from like doing that Wolverine in the X-Men show. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's, I remember, I remember when it came out and I was like, oh, this, this can't be good. And a friend of mine, like Christopher Yost, good call, begged me to watch it. He's yeah, like, no, yeah. Yost developed it because I was going off of my memories of Avengers United. We stand, which was like, terrible. here yes. are some toy designs in yeah, a cartoon. It was terrible. Everyone's yeah. got dumb armor. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah, it was awful, awful. Time and when, to get into the Captain America Galactus puncher. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> right. uh, and when, and when they came out with this new cartoon, I was like, no, thanks. Uh, and then yeah. I got to binge it and it was glorious. It's really a great show. Joseph Franklin. Yeah, it really is. And um, I, I'm I'm halfway or I'm two thirds away through the first season, and my my son is so into it that he's like, and the obscure characters that he actually went upstairs and took out his old uh, Avengers encyclopedia and started looking up characters cool. in it. And cool. now he's at a point where he can actually read since I bought him that thing. So like he's revisiting stuff. And I was like, Hey, Dad, you got any comic books about these guys? Like, yes, son. Yes, I do. Let's go to the basement. <laughs> so anyway, um, speaking of old comics, I just want to give a quick answer to the question of the week and then okay. let you guys go. Okay. My favorite, I, so comic books for me were an escape, right? And it was as long as I could spend. They're in the not world for of anybody book. else. For everyone else, it's just real world. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Well, but I mean, I mean, for me, like I wanted to escape from school, escape from home, and sure. just like, spend time with the X Men, spend time yeah. with the Fantastic Absolutely. Four, Batman. So anything that allowed me to prolong my time in that world, my favorite. And the ads. There were two ads that did it more than anything else. Anything that was saying work for us and you can earn one of these prizes. Yeah. And you could just pour over the prizes yeah. and figure yeah. out oh, okay. Captain O, oh, that's yeah. what so was talking about. It was like Amway slavery, right. basically. Had, yeah, <laughs> pyramid scheme. Yeah. yeah. Right. But, and I was just like, think, now what would be worth it? Like, what would really make you want to do it? Do I need a backpack? No. Do I need a, do I need these these springs? Anyway. But the the one that I love more than anything were the Marvel classified ads. Do you remember these? These were pages where like businesses would just randomly post a classified ad for like their comic book store or their. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Like whatever. But I would sit and read every single one. I never did anything. I never bought anything from them. I but I would you're read talking every about, You're talking about one. the ones like Mile High Comics and uh, uh, yes. uh, uh, like. Not some, just that. Something not just American that. They used comics, to have something. pages. It they would be like a, pages in the eighties. It was like too cheap to buy a full page ad. We'll run your five line yes. classified oh, here. Yes. I remember that. Yeah. That I don't remember. Yeah. And yeah. It was like, there were like, like there were like karate lessons being offered. Like you could, you could order the video and it would be sent to you. Yeah. <laughs> There's some and crazy it, literally stuff in it them. was just like a Craigslist blip and they'd be yeah. like, yeah. Uh, like somebody would just be like, I'm selling my whole daredevil collection, $400 yes. phone number, you yes. know, and like it, crap like and that. Like, and the random, random stuff too. Like just all sorts of crazy stuff. And eat knives come, you know, I don't know. Anyway, that, those were my favorites. I would, cause I would always spend an extra three or four minutes with the comic book, just pouring <laughs> over those pages. So. Atari 2600 anyway, controller. No back in the day. You'd be like, Hey world, here's my personal phone number. And literally no one would call and nothing oh, bad man. would happen. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Also funny, funny little anecdotal story, just cause you know, I got to be a Marvel apologist whenever I can. I think Captain Marvel doesn't get the movie. Doesn't get the credit. It's due. Absolutely. My, Maybe. Totally last agree. night, last night, 
we were debating what we were going to watch on Disney Plus, and my my seven year old daughter and my eight year old son, who do not have similar tastes, both agreed Captain Marvel. And it's like, oh, I see. And Jack's like, yeah, Captain Marvel's the best superhero. She's so like, it's a different. There's a different connotation to these heroes now than yeah. when we were growing up, you know? Definitely. Like, I don't know that Captain Marvel would have been cool for a boy to say that she's my favorite, you know, 20 or 30 years ago. My little brother Michael so I, was Wonder Woman three Halloweens in a row, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. No lie. Like, he was just, like he was young. He just didn't get it. He would spin around and clang his bracelets and stuff. That's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, who doesn't want to have an invisible Yeah, I would always be Batman. My brother Scott would always be Superman. And my brother Mike would either be the Hulk or Wonder Woman. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But it's just, I don't know, it's just cool. I think think a lot of the people in the conversation about comic books and superheroes are dudes in their 30s and 40s who don't see things quite from the... The vision of where this current generation is. No, absolutely. You know, no. I mean, they're just scared. Whatever. They're just scared. Yeah, well, who Like cares? the Republican Party. <laughs> they just cover their eyes and go, no, no everything is fine! <laughs> Don't even get me started. I teach at a, I teach at a progressive Quaker school, so oh, my politics boy. are pretty, oh, pretty fun. I didn't up. realize we were talking to a leftist socialist butterfly. Oh, right yeah, here. well, and I live, I, live in, I live near Princeton, New Jersey, so, you know, it's... I'm real hoity-toity liberal. Oh, you're on the right, the correct side of the tracks. Gotcha. (laughs) Gentlemen, it has been a pleasure. Thank Uh, you, Jen. I look forward to hearing the rest of the episode. You guys have a great weekend. All right, Johnny. Have a good one, man. Honk. So the Mandalorian. The Mandalorian. (laughs) Sorry, I keep going going back to this thought. So loved it. Loved it, loved it. No complaints. Yeah, you keep repeating that. I don't understand why in the end, big gunfights going on, right? Yeah. Why do the other Mandalorians show up? Because, man, you don't fuck with them. But they said we can only go up one at a time and stuff like that. And they're like, this is or what it's like. This is how it works. Or this is the way it is. Or this is the way it is. This This is the way it works. This is the way. This is the way. Yeah. That's how. (laughs) That's just the way it is. is. Some things will never change. (laughs) It's just the way it is. is. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, No, man, because they're a tribe. You don't fuck with the Mandalorians. Why do the rules change all of a sudden? That's what I don't get. Like they were hardcore, and the one dude is like, "This is bullshit. We've been living down here. You know, we can only go up one way or another." The big dude, right? Yeah, yeah. And the main, heavy gunner, right? And main Mandalorian looks at him and it's like, "Hey, man, that's just the way it is." Right? And the music plays, and they're like, "Yeah, that's some things will never change." Frank, and Frank, it's like it's all for one and one for all. And then in the end, they all just come up. Why? To help him. Why? Because he's got to get. This is the way. The way is he gets shot and like, sorry. You're, you're the way dead. is, hey, they got to back up their guy. They're backing up their guy. But they were never doing that before. Why did it suddenly become that way? How? Why did the way change? That's what I don't understand. It's the way. Joe Patrick, you are no help at all. Okay. Why are you Thank obsessing you for this discussion? Right. Because it's weird. It's not weird. It is weird. They came out to protect they one of their they own. They only come up one at a time to like keep the mystique, and part of what they do is being secret, and this is how their life works. Why did that change suddenly? Well, they're gonna slaughter everybody in that village, so it doesn't I matter. Mean, I guess so. If everybody's <laughs> dead, it doesn't matter. Thank you for calling THN cover to cover. Caller, who dis? This is me, Sean X. What's up, guys? Sean oh, X. maybe Sean can explain it to Man, us. Man, I thought this guy died years what? ago. How are you, sir? No, no, I'm still alive. I'm usually working around this time. <laughs> okay. I'm actually on my lunch break. Fair enough. And I saw you guys, I saw you confused about this Mandalorian thing, and yeah. I just got to tell you. 
the reason they showed up is because they were fucking with another Mandalorian. That's what I said. But I mean, what happened to the whole thing with the we only go up one at a time and like we're well, there's there's consequences because now they have to move. Yeah, they have well, to I move. Mean, they fair. have to move the yeah. Because he did look forge. and he said, "Now you got to move the whole whatever." And the other dude's like, "Yeah, that's just the way it is." Yeah, you know. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So by <laughs> them, that by them all, there, <laughs> by them all showing up and kicking ass, that meant they had to now move because they didn't come up one at a time. Right. So now they knew. So now everybody knows that all those Mandalorians are hanging out in that spot. So now they have to. They had to move shop. So are there other kiln? Are there other tribes of Mandalorians hiding other places doing this stuff too? Probably, Probably. right? We well, don't know. Likely because I mean it's not like there's well, only ten Mandalorians. I don't right. know. They said there was a huge because, slaughter and they're endangered now and they have to hide and everything. And yeah, following following like the Empire taking over most of Mandalore, like because they had that whole story with with Darth Maul hanging out with the Mandalorians, and he was running a a sec of it called Death Watch for a while, and then they absurded that, and now the Mandalorians. So I'm assuming the Empire just came back, came in, and stronghold them out, and they just so the Darth Maul thing dispersed. was that a book? No, that was in um, that was in uh, uh, Clone Wars, the cartoon. Oh, okay, counts. Yeah, so him and his brother, they 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 went to Mandalore and they just said, "Hey, we'll help you like take down some of these guys." And they started the Death Watch and then started wearing like red on their armor and having little horns on their helmets. And then uh then that ended up blowing up in Darth Maul's face. So then whatever happened to the Mandalorians after that, we don't know. And I'm assuming that the Empire just came in, stole all their their metal, and then they probably went in all these other directions hiding out. Okay. So the Mandalorians, so, okay. the Mandalorians come from the planet Mandalore and there were 4 million Mandalorians on that planet. But we don't know if yeah. that's true anymore. It's true. Well, okay. We, so Boba Fett and his dad, Jango Fett didn't see that. They, where, no, they were those, not Mandalorian. Those guys aren't, they're not Mandalorian. They had so. Mandalorian Jango, armor. Yeah. They, Jango and Boba, they're both renegades. I mean, Jango was considered a renegade from the Mandalorians. Okay. Um, no one really knows if he actually was, but with all the armor that he had, I'm assuming Boba stole that off of another Mandalorian. Now it has the same crest or the same emblem right. as these these kids in the Mandalorian. So we might find out word on that. But Boba ain't no Mandalorian. See, that, that's the thing that I'm trying all. to. I'm just trying to wrap my head around the new rules. How does this work? Are, There's not. Stop talking about rules, Matt. Come on, buddy. There has to be this rules. This isn't new rules. This is These not numb, Shonix. There are rules, okay? It's not rules. It's history. No, there aren't rules. Things happen. People get dispersed. It happens all the time. No, I even get that. In I get real that. life. Yeah. So is you, got okay. on, you got Jawas on, not on Tatooine so for some are reason. They, That's yeah, and they're, they're rare and yeah, they get to wear black on I these off-world, the man. So I get the idea of the old, like, <laughs> the Spartan type planet where the Mandalorians came from. And they were basically space Spartans that were guns for hire. Is that still, yeah. does that still count? Is that what we're watching? Are these, why aliens? would it not count? Because so many other things were wiped from continuity. I think you're, I think like the broad you're, you're, strokes, you're like Wookiees are from Kashyyyk. All I mean, right. That, that didn't get changed. But a Wookiee is a Wookiee. Right. Uh, these guys are all wearing helmets. So we don't know. Like, is that just like, some some white dude is that a black well, dude so or those, like, are there the, Asian Mandalorians? The Mandalorian, I mean, like, are they aliens? The Mandalorian, <laughs> the title character Mandalorian, was not one of them originally either. He was orphaned. He was orphaned in like a battle, 
And like they yeah. found him and raised him. Right. Were his parents these Mandalorian? Well, aliens? they weren't in armor. Or were they just people? Or yeah, they weren't they in like armor. His... Like, I don't know what's going on. Well, I don't think every Mandalorian well, think... is necessarily from Mandalore. I mean, we've established yeah. that. Just if... like not every white person is from America. Okay, no, I get that. But what I'm saying, <laughs> if we've established that Django Fett and Boba Fett were outliers and maybe they were renegades or whatever, are they renegades because they're not Mandalorian? Or are they renegades because they killed a Mandalorian and took their outfit? And if they did, why go. are they wearing the, they're like, if I'm a Crip, right? And I show up and the bloods are there. And I'm like, man, man, I'm a Crip. You're a blood. We don't get along. I'm not going to kill this blood and then put on his colors. That doesn't make any sense. I'm still a Crip, right? Okay, but like, they're not in a gang war, yeah, man. They don't kill their enemies but, on sight. The I'm Manda- just saying. You should see my Crip walk. But the, Mandalorian, no. the Mandalorians were revered as being hard-ass Badass right. warriors. Right. So you, so right. you're saying like so Jango that Fett is and Boba why Jango Fett. wears that armor. That's why Boba wears that armor because they get the reputation that comes with it. They put on the costume and to just fake liars the funk, and cheats. What? They put on the costume to fake the funk and to make more money and scare people. Yeah, and the fact that they can have bullets or laser blasts ricochet off their armor too. Okay, there is a benefit to having that armor, other than it looking cool. As opposed to stormtrooper armor, which I talked to Casey about a little bit last night, and I was like, "What is there <laughs> any benefit to wearing stormtrooper armor?" Because yeah. as far as I can tell, yeah, stormtroopers are yeah, not because- as well armed, aren't like armored as NFL players. Because you can hit a stormtrooper in the head and knock them out. You can shoot them. You can set them on fire. <laughs> like, their armor can't even can't even stop one of their own blasters. No, like I right. seriously think that Patrick Mahomes wears more armor than a stormtrooper. So <laughs> well, yeah, I'm that is, that's true because it's just they they don that just to have an outfit and be like multiples. It's not there for protection. Come on, I guess they're disposable. They've been disposable from day one. And they're, con- they they're constantly like banging on their communicators and stuff. Like, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm not, I don't have any. Sean, uh, have you been playing the new Star Wars game, Sean? Yes, I have. Yep. yep. Uh, Star definitely. Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Is it good? Yes. Okay. Um, I've been really enjoying it. It's was, got a, it's got a kind of a vibe to what I enjoy about like uh, Tomb Raider. Yes. And how it has a little, it's not oh. very linear, and then you can kind of learn some new kind of wall crawling powers and stuff like that as you oh, move that's on. Fun. Um, so it kind of changes up the, like, you're stuck on some levels, but then you can go back to those levels once you learn how to do some things, because he's kind of coming to terms with, like, the fact that he's a Jedi and all right. this. Also, right. uh, very much like Metroid Prime. Where it's like, oh, I'm in Got this room, oh, cool. and I can't get through that door, but I walk I yep. walk around, and I, I there it is on my map, and, I, ooh, I found a thing where I can turn into a ball, and now I can go through that door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you can yep. turn into a Jedi ball and roll through Yeah, the I just turn into a Jedi ball. <laughs> but uh, yeah. the reason I bring yeah. it up is because the only, whenever I fight stormtroopers, I don't even bother going up to them. Sorry, I just stand still, and I go, pew, 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 and I deflect oh, their the own gun. beams well, back yeah, at them. Def- and just try uh, and yeah, kill them with their own legs. Oh, yeah, it's super easy. Yeah, the good... Yeah, the gun troopers are the best. They have really, they're really good shots, but if you block their shots, then you kill them easily. But All right, I'm going to download I don't, this and buy I'm buying it. It's I'm, very good. I'm really, okay. I'm not a fan of the, the scout troopers. Like the scout trooper commander, he's a jerk. He blocks like almost everything. Yeah, and then those some other, of them are those, tougher. Those, those dark stormtroopers are just stupid. Ooh. Although I force blasted one off of a cliff. It was awesome. I ran up into this like big, there's tons of them. And then there was only one of those black ones. And I just 
force blast them into the cliff and then took the rest of them like, on. Get the so, fuck out of here. That's pretty good. I know. I was like, I'm done with you. Now these other guys can beat me up, but that one is going to really beat me up. That's great. I love it. All right, Sean, uh, we got somebody else trying to get in here. So if, yeah, yeah. Thank no, you most for definitely. I'm, thank you for calling and clearing that up. Because like, I'm not saying it's yeah. like ruining my enjoyment or anything, but I need to know. You're obsessing over nothing. I need to know. You're I mean, obsessing over nothing. This the is what thing- we do. This is what nerds do. We obsess over lore think, and continuity and stuff like that. I mean, I just need to I know. I think if you just wait, I think if you just wait, they're just going to give you some of those answers as you go. I think my right. only problem are the people that are thinking that this guy is actually Boba Fett. Oh, God, don't and even they keep start. having flashbacks. They keep having flashbacks to him as a kid with his parents. Right. And then they're like, oh, that's yeah. Boba Fett. I'm we like, already okay. know what oh, Boba yeah. Fett was like as a yeah. kid. Yeah. yeah, Boba Fett was a Kiwi. We know that, right? Yeah. He was from New Zealand. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. He's got uh, some rough yeah, kind of like Boba good Fett looks. had two loving parents that tried to protect him. You're yes. absolutely right. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, well, buddy. I hope I can call you guys next week so we can talk some X-Men because I've got – my brain is melting on those books right now. But Absolutely. Maybe next week. Let's do it. Sounds good, man. I'm heavy All right. it, Sean. All right, we'll talk to you soon, brother. All right, guys. Bye, bud. All right. Have a good one. You, you too. too. Uh, so Patrick in the chat asks, uh, the question is, is a Mandalorian a race or a title? And the answer is yes. I know. I think that's, I think that's correct. I think there are Mandalorians. They came from a planet. There are other people that wear Mandalorian outfits that are referred to it's as like Mandalorians. You can, you can be raised Baptist and convert to Judaism. <laughs> that's how it works. I mean, I guess, yeah. But that's fake. We're talking about reality. Oh, here. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for calling THN Cover to Cover. Caller, who this? Hey, guys, it's Frank. Frank! What's up, Frank? How we doing? I'm doing okay. All right. Doing okay. All right, you sound a little concerned. What do you got going on, Frank? What do you want to talk about? Eh? Ah, a little, con- little congested today. <laughs> you and me both, brother, it's but... That- I just call that year, November. Man. So, yeah, know, right, exactly. <laughs> so, so what? What you guys talking about today? Because I, I just finished watch. I just finished watching half of a flat earther video. I had to turn it off in the middle because you know, <laughs> flat earthers. Too, was it too? Was it too true for you? Was it too real? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Too, no, it's flat earthers versus scientists. Which I was like. Like um, you're bringing a pea shooter to fight with a fight yeah. with Godzilla. Yeah, yeah. Right. give me a break. I, and I, but anyway, what, what? So we were talking about. I, I'm, I'm, we were screaming yeah, about yeah, the Mandalorian yeah. most recently. We were just yelling about oh, that. I loved it. I, yeah, everybody loves it. It's fantastic. But we were just yeah. learned a little bit about Mandalorians. We're also talking about your favorite comic book ads. That's the question of the week. Your favorite yeah, yeah, ads from back in the day, and that Man. can be like the Charles okay. Atlas. Like, are you tired of having sand no. kicked in your face? Got Nero, the or beach. like comic book, actually comic book ad. Nope. The the Hulk. Hostess fruit pie ad. Fuck yeah, <laughs> dude! So, Absolutely. Okay. Now, now let me let me tell you a little background story on that. My friend, my friend's dad, what we used to call him the Twinkie Man because he drove a Hostess truck. Dope. He was a Hostess delivery guy, <laughs> and he would give us like the 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 lemon pies, which are like super rare at the time. You know, the lemon Hostess lemon pies. Well, like for some reason it was super rare. You couldn't get them in a lot of places and they always sold out real quick. And that's the only place I would get them was, was like from, from my friend's dad and they're like the best. And then I saw like the Hulk, you know, the Hostess Hulk right. fruit pie ads. And I was like, this is the best. And it was like those hands down. My favorite ad was those, were those Hostess, you know, the, the, the Hostess ones where it was either the Hulk, yeah. the Spider-Man, Cap you know, would show uh, up. And stuff. Yeah, Daredevil. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, our buddy John Literal. Our buddy John Literal posted one in the fan group yesterday, 
And it was the Hulk one where he fights the uh, roller derby goons right there on roller skates. They're a terrorizing roller skate well, gang. Well, that's truly a threat that the Hulk needs to address. Right. Um, and he, <laughs> oh, yeah. he stops them by uh, rolling the concrete around them like a Twinkie. <laughs> Uh, Nobody and they like a, all like died. a Swiss cake roll. He murders them. Uh, <laughs> well, in the original ad, uh, it is implied that they are not dead. They're just stopped because they're, it's 1978. They are not dead. It's they are delicious. They are de- right, <laughs> right, and, um, right. And, but, and, con- and concrete is nothing but. Yeah, it's yeah, very exactly. soft, yeah. Yes. But somebody has drawn a bunch of blood and gore <laughs> exploding out oh, of God. these goons. Uh, and it's like, that is not how it went down, John. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good. That's great. Uh, I was a Twinkie oh, the God. Kid man myself. I always loved oh, I sure, love Twinkie, yeah. Twinkie the Kid. I love Twinkies. Those like old westerns like said, where Twinkie would show up, you know, and he was like, yeah, yeah. had the cowboy hat and everything, and he would pull two Twinkies out of his like gun holsters. Oh, <laughs> I remember those. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I remember that ad. Oh, my God. It was great. Twinkie the Kid. You must be, you must be as old as I am, dude. He's oh, yeah. old. He's decrepit. I'm, yeah. I'm a decrepit old man. It's disgusting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, I, did, I didn't yeah, discover yeah, this stuff here. digging through quarter bins. Like, I lived it, bro. Yeah, right. Like, I was right there. Okay. I remember when Dr. J taught me how to do a slam dunk. Absolutely. <laughs> you got to have the nice. right ball. That's right. Gotta have that spalding. Totally. Oh, my God. Uh, I, like, I, I still I still love, I lo- absolutely love the 1970, late 70s, early 80s era comic book covers, corner oh, yeah. boxes. Same here. Mm-hmm. Ads. Those, yeah. That was like, that was like. The I can't best get enough of them. Part of. Yeah. Oh, they were, they were the best. And anytime I see like those old covers, I'm just like some of those old covers, those um, like the seventies covers, the, the Hulk covers from the Herb Trippy ones. Yeah, and, man. Mm-hmm. Um, some of those old, some of those old Captain America covers. I and mean, they're all fantastic. You know, I mean, it's something happened in the nineties. They, they lost the Marvel lost its, its original house style. And it just kind of went, and it went in a totally different direction. And I was like, oh, man. See, I think something you know, happened to society. Got, I'm not blaming Marvel. I think society was the yeah. issue. Like you think we, society? We, yes. Society. I think we were no longer like the rosy, toy-addicted, like, fuck it, I'll just buy G.I. Joes and crash them into that hole in my heart and feel better. Society, all of a sudden, we yeah. were like, everything sucks. The Cold War's over. There's no real right. enemies. You know, like, I'm just going to fucking do a bunch of drugs, well, cut sure. myself, like, listen to Nine Inch Nails, The bro. audience the audience got older <laughs> and the ads changed to reflect. Like, yeah. all of a sudden they were advertising, like, Pogs and Gak and... Yeah. Gak. Yeah. <laughs> um, weird, like, weird oh candies. Uh, I, like, I remember very clearly in the 90s there was an ad for, I think they were called Dino Rocks. Yeah. And it was, like, dinosaur egg-shaped oh candies. Yeah. It's like, those look disgusting. Yeah, right. Stupid. Um, oh, I just remember one other one other ad I really like real quick. I'm sorry, guys. Um, no, you're good. The Dungeons & Dragons one, drama oh, Bill Willingham. Fuck, fuck yes. Fuck yeah. Those are... Those were great. It was like a little adventure. They were amazing. Was, like, awesome. They were amazing. I remember I had, I had uh, a couple of random Conan comics at my grandma's house, and it had the very first one in there where they get trapped in the room with the ooze. Yeah. And yeah. they know that if you oh, touch wow. the ooze, you immediately die. Yeah. And it was like... <laughs> What happened? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> and it wasn't until years later that I discovered that they did a whole bunch of them. Yeah. And like the ser- the story progressed. <laughs> it was awesome. They were Dude, so cool. Did they collect those anywhere? Oh, I don't know. I, mean, that's, that's, I think Wizard th- of the Coast should- there's that we'll new art of Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, I don't know if you've seen it, but there's a documentary that's all about the art of Dun- Dungeons and Dragons that's out there. And oh, cool. I bought that. I, I think that it's book. on the Amazon. There's a there's a full on documentary yeah. film. 
and it's called Eye of the Beholder. Okay. And I believe the book is also oh. called Eye of the Beholder, but I can't remember. Okay. But it's all about these old artists. And the, Bill Willingham is in there talking about working on those. And when yeah. he came oh, wow. to like the company, he was like, well, here's my idea. We're going to do this like sort of story ads or whatever. They're like, nah, kids won't read it. It's too much. It's too long. You know, you got one page. Now look at all yeah. everything is crammed in here. Uh, along know? along those same lines, I vividly remember there was a TSR yeah. ad uh, where it, there, it's like, essentially like an alien coming to a toy store to get an RPG game from a terrified clerk <laughs> and is told from the alien's point of view. So you don't know what's going on until he reaches his weird tendrils out. Oh, man, that stuck with me, man. Uh, but yeah, I oh, love wow. those ads. I love those ads. Frank, yeah. good yeah. to talk to hey you, guys, man. I'm going to get. All right. Great talking to you guys. I'll talk to you guys next week. Yeah. Sounds good, brother. Really great uh, Thanksgiving. Same to you. All right, buddy. You too. Talk All to right. you soon. All right. Take care. Bye, pal. Phone line is open, 402-819-4894. A friend of the show, Harvey Locust, actually runs a Facebook page called Nerdvertising. Oh. And it is essentially just like collecting these weird artifacts Man. from the 80s and 90s. So cool. Uh, so yeah, track it down, Nerdvertising. I don't, he doesn't post too often. I was hoping he'd call in and talk about it, but. I was watching old Fantastic Four cartoons on YouTube. Uh, and I can't remember. Oh, because I was looking for the Psycho Man's voice because I was going to imitate it on last week's show. <laughs> okay. And they had all these old commercials that were like in between the shows, like awesome. the old like Zach, he's a Lego maniac commercial <laughs> and shit. It's like that stuff just came back to my brain right. instantly. It was crazy. Thank you for calling THN cover to cover. Caller, who dis? Hey, resident Aquaman superfan, Patrick. Patrick. Hi, Patrick. Uh, you're also, you're our resident Mad Titan and Aquaman superfan. Yeah, I'll, I'll take both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, you run the place, so we got to call you. Right. We got to respect you. What's going on today, Patrick? What do we want to rap about? Um, I, uh, I was going to talk a little bit about Mandalorian, but that got talked to death, I think, um, <laughs> a, a little bit. And I, I, I joined late, uh, so I took a nap and my alarm didn't go off, but, uh, I was, uh, I was wondering the same thing. So some of the rules and like, what is like, what is a Mandalorian? And I, right. I, I joined in like right midway of that conversation. Um, I don't think I'm but, like off base for wanting to know either. No, oh no, 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 there has to be rules. And he, so here's the there thing. There has to be rules. Here's the thing with star Wars fans. Star Wars fans are the goddamn worst. Yeah. I'm sorry. That like, I've lost two friends because I didn't love the new star Wars movies. Like they're, they're insane. Like they divorced and you? <laughs> friend divorce. Like I, they just, yep. I decided they have, they unfettered me on Facebook and I haven't heard of them since. Wow. Yikes. Uh, now, yeah. Were you going like full on misogynist, racist, like rant type shit? Was that it? Or like, no, they're okay when I do that. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. If it it went off on your incel thing, you know? <laughs> no, 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 no. They're right. Me, they're with me on that. Okay. Uh, it's just like, I was like, the new Star Wars movie was an okay movie. Are you in like, oh man, they're, oh God, they're nuts. And it's the same thing here. It's like with any other media, they'd be uh, like, what are the rules of this? Right. But then I caught the end of that last conversation and even Joe's like, oh, you're doing, you're being too picky. Mm-hmm. Oh, just enjoy no, it. Why Joe you Pat, that's like, not no. what I said. I said, I Mr. think you're overthinking Mr. it. Mr. Continuity himself. No, I, apologi- I don't think it's that hard to grasp. Over here that's right. the path. No, that's I right. just don't think it's that hard to grasp. They came from a planet called Mandalore originally, right. but they are also like a nomadic tribe of warriors that adopt uh-huh. people into their culture. It's not difficult. No, you get, 
but then they're not a Mandalorian. Like, look at my, yeah. my comment. Like, I can't be born a human and then suddenly I, I'm raised with Wookiees, therefore I am a Wookiee. Yeah. No, I'm still. Not how it works. Not how it works. It, it's not like your religion, at, uh, your religious. Uh, look at Michael Baptist on Star Trek. Or whatever. Look at Michael on Star Trek. She's like an outsider to both, right? The Klingons don't, pardon me, the Vulcans don't respect yeah. her. The humans think she's weird. You know, it's not how it works, man. Sorry. Okay, but they're human. Yeah. You, you are what you are. are human. We don't know that. Your DNA we don't is know your that. DNA. We don't know that Mandalorians are human. We have, we. What do you think they look like? Zuckus under there? Could I don't know. Nobody's taking their helmet off. You tell me. I don't know. I the one thing I do know, they're not from New Zealand. I know that. Okay. We already established <laughs> that Django Fett was not a real Mandalorian. Well, as far as we know, we know nothing has been spelled out. And I will say, when in the flashback, when they're putting the kid in like the bunker or whatever. Right. And they're like, over here, we're going to hide. And then it opens up and it's like one of those big, you know, Clone Wars droids or whatever. I felt like I was going to fucking puke. What? Oh, God. I almost threw up. Wait, I mean, what are you like, talking about? Where they like he's having the flashback and the parents put him in there and there's a boom we hear. So like obviously the parents died when the doors closed and the doors open. And it's one of those big chrome like imp- like early Imperial robots that fought. The Jar Jar Binkses. It's like the big. Oh, with the guys. Roger Roger guys. Yeah, no, not one of those. The big steel ones. They like, but same oh, time, like, like the the top heavy ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like the, big oval body, yeah. and they have the laser on their wrists or whatever. So what? I yeah. fucking hate anything like anything prequel related. Just makes <laughs> like I have this reaction. Yeah, I understand, <laughs> but it all still counts. So you have to deal oh, with it. God. And just because something was one way, like it's the same thing with Finn. In the the new movies, he's obviously not a clone of Jango Fett. Just because they were doing it one way back in the day doesn't mean they're still doing it that way. The right. clone army failed. That, that's, true. You know, that's, that's true. That's 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 fine. I'm just saying that if it were any other property, Star Wars fans would not have it. But because of Star Wars, they give passes all I day. Agree. I agree. But I agree. Anyway, anyway, there's a lot of time we spent on what I said is not what I called about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so question of the week, and I, I think I, I, you kind of got to it at the end of the last call, and it might be cheating. Um, I'm going to say my favorite ad is all of 90s, all of 90s. <laughs> I because so I've, yeah, I've been reading cheating. a lot of 90 comics lately. Uh, I've been reading like a Venom miniseries, and I read through Blaze and just a lot of 90s stuff. Wow, you read through and Blaze. <laughs> I did oh, read your he, was, he, he, talked sons, about getting a, he talked about getting a, a, his hands on a, an old run of a Venom miniseries on the most recent issue of uh, episode of yeah. uh, Thank God It's Wednesday. And I would say like those old yeah. Venom, that's, you're going to spend a little money. Those still cost some money. Blaze, I'll bet you some can get of a whole are, run of that for five bucks. Oh, that was Dollar Bin. Uh, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah, Venom yeah. stuff, some of it isn't, isn't cheap. Uh, but it's not that the ads are good. But, you know, I, I'm a little bit younger than, than you guys. I, I was born in 80. So in, in, in the 90s, is like when my my memory starts to get really strong in the 90s. Sure. And right. what other decade of ads so embodies the decade itself? The 90s comic ads. Totally. Like they're all that is so true. extreme, over the top, this weird, yeah. like morphed, weird art. Everything's rad. And yeah, yeah. yeah. It, not just the stuff that they were selling, but the ads themselves. Uh, like the you style, look at 70s yeah. and 80s the, the stuff. Tone of them. And it, it, 
Yeah, it's just like, yep, those are just normal ads. Right. But it's like, oh, excited 90s comic kid ads playing green nineties. Yeah, and yeah. like nineties ad, it's like the kid has a cut off jean jacket on and he's on a skateboard right. in space, bro. You know, like <laughs> what <laughs> what are we selling? You know? Like uh, right. a Mountain Dew, of course. Yeah, you know? Yeah, like, right. <laughs> yeah, they're they're I mean, they're not good, but they're always when I go back and look at those stuff, those are stuff that's like, oh, this is it's so bad. It's good. I yeah, love it. They, it's they, such they, a, it's so reminiscent of the time. They embody the time uh, from so, where, from which they came. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty good. <laughs> I so agree with you. That's there. my answer. That's a beautiful answer, Patrick. Thank you so much for your call. Thank you for screaming with us about the Mandalorian a little more. I appreciate it. And thank, of course. You, thank you for helping it's, put Joe Patrick in his place. Sorry, you're so fucking I, uptight, you know, Patrick. I'm, I'm usually on Joe Patrick's side on these sorts of things. I'm usually, I'm, you know, mad. I usually don't see eye to eye. But, you, but in this, he I, is being a crybaby Star Wars no, apologist. Con, I understand continuity matters to me, but I also don't need every detail of every story from the third episode of the series. So, <laughs> All right, as Patrick. As long as it's Star Wars. I got somebody. <laughs> <All right. laughs> <laughs> Talk to you later. <laughs> Eat shit, Patrick. Okay, somebody else with a 402 uh, aerial code has been dying to get in here, and uh, the phone line is open. Oh, maybe and I want you to call 402-819-4894. Oh, uh, it was Harvey. Is Harv? Yes. Is that who it is? He's fighting to get in? Oh, and he called at 1113. Oh. Uh, 618? No. I don't know who this was. Oh, we just, I just missed it again somehow. I don't know what the deal is. I'm calling him. You know what? They've been trying too hard. I'm calling them. Do it. Doing it. You earned it. This never happens. So it sometimes happens. It, this when never I remind it's a happens. thing that happens. Better answer. So help me God. If I get a voicemail. Oh. Hello. Hello. Hey. 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 <laughs> it's a buddy of mine. We, it's just we a made a connection. Oh. <laughs> Are you driving home from the uh, post office? I am like a madman, so you might hear some road noise here. That's all right. We need you to settle something. We need to, we definitely right. need you to settle something. I think we do. We do. Justin is one of the biggest Star Wars nerds I know, deeply steeped in Star Wars lore. Deeply. Okay? I need to know. Is a Mandalorian a race of people that came from a planet that started adopting other people into their culture? Or are the other people that are wearing Mandalorian armors just faking the funk and not allowed to be in the gang? Uh, well, if you're talking about the now dead legends or expanded universe, anybody can be right. Um, yeah, it used to be the Mandalorians were a people from a planet. Right. And now it's all muddy because it blew up the EU and all those books that talk about that stuff right. don't mean anything anymore. Then Filoni comes in and does a whole arc of stuff on Mandalore that muddies those lines even further saying that it is a planet and it is a people, but it is a planet of people that has residents and then noble warriors. So... So it's like, like it, you don't have to necessarily only trying to walk the line of that argument, I think. So not everybody from Mandalore is a Boba Fett. No. Huh. And Boba nope. Boba Fett, for example, was not a true Mandalorian. He was a clone of his friggin' dad. Right. And so, his dad was not a Mandalorian. Not a Mandalorian, just a bounty hunter wearing Mandalorian armor. Okay. So on screen, live action, the Mandalorian is the first time we've seen Mandalorians 
on screen. Yes. Well, they, they do say that the Clone Wars and stuff count. Right. Live action. So, you know, with the, with the Clone Wars, yes, we've seen backstory for Mandalore. And I don't know if you guys talked about it, but you know Fabro was the voice of the main Mandalorian in the Clone Wars? No. I did not. No shit. It's like John Favreau yep. has secretly been being a nerd for like the last fifteen years. Is he? Yeah. Right? Like, like the biggest nerd, like right. in understanding everything, man. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Paying attention, understanding everything. Yeah. Just the other day, I pointed out like someone's like, I can't believe John Favreau's doing this shit. And like he made the first two Iron Man movies, and they were like. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no shit. You know, it was so long which, ago. <laughs> which is arguable that I would say not only did he make the first two Iron Man movies, he set the tone for the entire MCU. Yeah, for sure. He, he, he's the one who sat down and did the art direction on what the suit should look like. Without a doubt. And therefore, therefore created the look, feel, and aesthetic for the entire MCU. Well, so, and not only that, Afro set up the idea of how S.H.I.E.L.D. works, set up the idea of how the larger world works. I mean, it was all there. Like, in Iron Man 1 and oh, 2, yeah. basically fletched that out. Here is the Marvel Universe. And they took the ball and ran yep. with it from there. Avengers Initiative was right there at the very beginning. I mean, we have John Favreau to thank for two fandoms, I would say. Absolutely. Okay. You so, know, you know Josh Whedon directed that scene, is? though. Josh Whedon directed what scene? The Avengers Initiative scene. Oh, that's <laughs> true. The that was Joss Whedon. You're right. That scene. Yeah. <laughs> Still, though, I mean, he did. He laid the groundwork. Right. For it's sure. not like Joss Whedon sure. came in and was like, out of the way, nerd, and pushed, <laughs> like, shoved John Favreau out of his director's chair and sat down, and like, here's where we're going now. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, it's, it's Favreau and the people. People that he's put around himself that like show that they understand these worlds and love them. I mean, in the Mando, I don't know if you guys are talking spoilers or not. But we are. Here's we something are. That's not too spoilery. Okay. The, the bounty that the Mando gets comes in that ice cream maker bucket, which right. only the nerdiest of nerds will know yeah. is from Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> I you know, about the that. ice cream maker guy running out of Bespin. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, he's been kind of he's kind of become this like cult background figure in Star Wars. Just like there's a dude randomly running out of running around Bespin holding what looks like an old timey ice cream maker, uh, and and that was what they delivered the the what's the name of the steel? I can't remember what the steel's called. Uh, but the Mandalorian yeah, steel. Beskar, yeah. Beskar Steel. Yeah. That's right, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's so hilarious. Yeah, that show is full of tight Easter eggs like that. So, okay, so going forward, we just have to wait and learn. That We just have to sit back, yeah. wait, and learn, more or less. Because, like I said, yeah. that old shit doesn't count it, it, until we are told again that it does. Exactly, and I think that's what this series is going to do. It's, I mean, it's already starting to give us some backstory, right? And it's probably rewriting rewriting the history of what we know of Mandalorian. And I think that's fine. I mean, I, I think with the with the property that's this large, you can't be tied to old EU books for too long, right? And I think that was a great thing that Disney did was reset that button, and here we are in a space where we can learn new information week to week, and I think that's awesome. Fair enough. Fair I enough. Agree. I agree okay. With that. I feel better already. Thank you very much for your call, <laughs> sir, and, and making me feel better. <laughs> I'm going to let you get back to driving so we don't get in a wreck here, all right? All right. Happy Life Day, my nerd. Oh, yeah. Happy <laughs> Life you Day too. to you, Justin. Have a good one. <laughs> hey, I mean, again, we do know things. 
you don't want to admit it because every time I bring it up, you roll your eyes. But everything that was established in the Clone Wars cartoons and Star Wars Rebels, that all still is canon. I don't per Lucasfilm. I don't know that you can just say that. I don't know that you they can. said it. They said it. They Who, were like, they, it counts. They said it. Disney. They did. Lucasfilm. Oh, Disney. Said yes. It. They were like, yes, this is still canon. Anything that you have seen on screen is canon. I still feel like we're learning stuff. I feel like we're learning yes, new stuff. That's because week. we don't know everything about the whole universe. All this right. is nothing. This is the same with comics. Yes, I love continuity, but things change on a dime. It's really not that hard of a concept. And I don't know why Star Wars fans can't let it go. <laughs> This is exactly what Patrick, I have spoken. This is exactly what Patrick was talking about. No, it's this not. is exactly what he was I'm not even about. a diehard Star Wars fan, and I'm like, calm down, All nerds. Right, we're getting to the voicemails. Hello, this is Fanbot from Earth 27. Oh, Fanbot's gonna I scream am excited about Squirrel, about Squirrel Girl, Girl again. Girl and can't wait to talk to you about it. Oh boy. <laughs> Today we are talking about recent character history and the unbeatable Squirrel Girl. Are you as excited as I am? Has Matt eaten his microphone yet? <laughs> <laughs> he even play this when he realizes it's from me. I reminded him and he refused. Out. In 2015, Squirrel Girl got her own regular series, The Unbeatable Squirrel Girl. This series and its creative team are largely responsible for the current popularity of the character. The series was created by artist Erica Henderson and writer Ryan North, who has written every issue. The series is planned to finish with issue 50 at the suggestion slash request of the creative team who feel it has come to a natural end. In addition, there is an original graphic novel, Squirrel Girl Beats Up the Marvel Universe, also by North and Henderson. <laughs> this is a parody of The Punisher Kills the Marvel Universe by Garth Ennis, and is just as ridiculous, but significantly more fun. There are also two spin-off prose novels intended for younger readers. Unbeatable Squirrel Girl was one of several Marvel titles intended to appeal to people who do not read superhero comics. In particular, Marvel has attempted to appeal to younger audiences and human females. Other examples <laughs> include Miss Marvel, the Unstoppable Wasp, and Patsy Walker, aka Hellcat. Of these, Miss Marvel and Unbeatable Squirrel Girl were by far the longest running and most successful. This is also reflected in the way these titles are read, the success being based on sales of trade paperbacks in bookstores rather than as a monthly title. Yes. That's true. The Squirrel Girl graphic novel was commissioned because of strong sales at school book fairs, and while the single issues are okay as standalone reads, they are written as five or six issue self-contained stories intended for the trade paperback format. It's been great talking to you about Squirrel Girl, and I am sure you can't wait to read her adventures yourselves, especially Matt. That's all for now, and as they say in Silence of the Lambs, nice suit, Senator. <laughs> Thank you, Fanbot. And he, he's right. I I will beat up on Squirrel Girl sometimes because we talk about the popularity and stuff, and the sales don't look great. But the sales are happening in trade paperbacks, and they are happening book sales, and that's where she was very successful. So I mean, the series ran for more than there were reboots, but it yeah. ran for well over fifty issues. That's I'm not, not saying it was like a failure or anything. I'm not saying that at all. I just I just never cared about the character. And I think ninety nine percent of the people that do love the character that are adult men love her because they are furry perverts. Oh come on now. So there. Come you know. on now. <laughs> this is Hallucinathan calling in with the answer to the question of the week about favorite comic book ads. Might have to go back to the old hostess uh, fruit pie ads that Marvel put out in the uh, early 80s and late 70s 
uh, growing up being an avid comic book reader, the one that stands out the most to me vividly was the Incredible Hulk versus the Roller Disco Devil. Wow, there you because go. <laughs> something about that, even my little seven-year-old mind couldn't comprehend how the Incredible Hulk could roll up a piece of asphalt over the criminals to make it look like they're trapped in a giant concrete ho-ho, <laughs> and also how they didn't get their internal organs crushed as well. That was something even elementary he school. He was very careful. The Hulk was very operate. careful. You know, he's subconsciously yeah, a genius. Thanks, Nathan. He's like, boys, hold still. Hold still or this is going to hurt. Just, I'm uh, serious. Yep. <laughs> uh, we did miss one uh, from prior to... Uh, prior to Fanbot, we did area code two six seven. It came in last Saturday. Oh, it must come in late last Saturday. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't see anything there though. Well, it's flagged. It's there. No, I mean like uh, there's nothing. Oh, oh no, there it is. It just wasn't. There's no transcript. Oh no, this is John from Jersey. He said ignore it. He wanted to talk. That's about not something a else. Jersey area code. Greetings. This is John from Jersey calling in with my answer to the oh, no question shit. of the week. Yeah. Well, I looked up the area code. That's a Philadelphia area code, no, not a Jersey area code. Well, maybe he's from Philly and he moved to Jersey. Well, Way to out him. Great. Hey, look. Do you know what they're going to do to that poor guy in Jersey now? Jesus. <laughs> churn his ass like butter. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We got BS the three here. All right. Come on. Come on. Here we go. Nerds, it's BS3. How you doing? So, uh, ads, comic ads. I, I, I was always fascinated by Captain O, which was for Olympic sales, with the full color glossy ads of, you know, sleeping bags and, and bicycles and things. Turns out that you had to go door to door and sell boxes of greeting cards. And oh. each box you sold, you could either get a uh, dollar or you could trade it in for some kind of like prize. But like, one dollar? Like, oh, points. Cards. Pretty amazing. Um, but I think that's my most coveted ad. Ask for Sally uh, when you see the ad. Yep, ask for Sally. <laughs> uh, but I, I had some other questions for you. Um, well, the, the first was: Has any hostess villain, uh, or, or uh, yeah, any hostess cupcake villain ever, or snack pie villain ever been part of the official Marvel or DC continuity? That's the first question. Second question is trivia. Do you know? who was in the Dr. J uh, basketball ads with Dr. J. Uh, the answer for who was their uh, streetball representative uh, might be uh, kind of amazing. Okay, be well, everybody. Bye. Who was in the Dr. J ads? Uh, you got to look that up. Yeah. I, I mean, remember the Dr. J ads, but I can't picture it for some reason. There's a white guy with him, and they're talking to the kids, and they're like, yeah, oh, it's Rick Barry. Rick Barry? Yeah. Who's Rick Barry? I don't know. Rick Barry? Spalding Streetball ad with Dr. J and Rick Barry. Rick Barry. Did he go on to, like, murder a bunch of people or something? I don't know, man. Did don't. he touch kids? Is he a sport is guy? He, is, was he a basketball player? He a <laughs> I think You went straight to basketball. I went straight to pederast. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Rick Barry. I think Rick Barry is a basketball player. Okay. I just don't remember him. Maybe they're on the same team. I don't know. He can't call in. Anthony Drago says he can't call in, but here are the ads from Marvel's Astonishing Tales number one from 1970, one of which is a Polaris nuclear sub, and it is $6.98, <laughs> and it is big enough 
for two kids, it says. What? No shit. You've got to be fucking kidding me. How proud... How proud you will be as commander of your own Polaris sub, the most powerful ship in the sea. What hours of imaginative play and fun as you and your friends dive, surface, maneuver, and watch the enemy through the periscope and release nuclear missiles and torpedoes. Thrill as... This cannot be real. Thrill as you hunt sunken treasures in pirate waters and explore the strange and mysterious ocean floor. It had to be some, like, thick cardstock folded-up thing that hours came in the mail. Hours and hours of adventure, sturdy constructed of 200-pound test material. Material. Comes complete with easy assembly instruction. Costs only $6.98 for this giant of fun adventure and science because... Of the Polaris sub's giant size, we must ask, how much do you think shipping cost for the giant size of this sub? Fits two kids. Well, I, I cheated because I was looking. How much it. do they have to ask? Oh, you cheated and looked well, at it. Well, I was already looking at it. The 70, answer is 75, 75 cents. cents. <laughs> it's seven feet long. Seats two kids. Controls that work. Rockets that fire. A real periscope. Firing torpedoes. It is electrically. It has an electrically lit instrument panel. What is this? It's got to be a cardboard <laughs> piece of shit, right? Uh, well, let's Google it. Uh, real quick, Rick Barry was an American basketball player. Okay. Uh, he played for... You know what? Why doesn't it say? Then you could also sign up to sell grit. Boys, yeah. here's a swell way to make a dollar to $6 weekly. <laughs> Six bucks a week? Are you kidding me? That's a gold mine. <laughs> oh, man. Hilarious nuclear submarine toy. Okay, well, you do that. I'm going to play Scott Clark. Hey, Joe and Matt. This is Scott from Cargo Falls, Ohio. Called oh. in for the question of the week. Uh, the Mono. question was, uh, what was my favorite ad in the comics? The ad that I remember the most is, of course, the Hostess Twinkies or Fruit Pie commercials that were always on, like, the second to the last page of all the comics out there. But that was way too obvious in the answer, so I'm going to go ahead and answer this way. Do you guys remember there was kind of like a serialized comic uh, for the Dungeon Dragons advertisement yeah. in like the midway point in most of the comics? Oh, man. Yeah. For some reason, I'm not a fantasy guy, but for some, for some reason, that ad spoke to me, and I really loved it. I was always looking forward to the next chapter of that story, even though it was only like one-page stories, and they were really poorly drawn and really poorly written, but I loved them. Um, so that's my answer, is the Dungeon & Dragons advertisement um, that was uh, probably like, like early 80s. I remember reading it when I was around 12 years old. Um, either that, or uh, do you guys remember when they actually put the uh, temporary tattoos in the staple of the comic? <laughs> yes, and I do. And of course, me being the fool that I am, I removed those and used those. But other than that, all right, well, that's my answer, guys. And I want to wish you guys a good day, and I'll talk to you later. Bye. Okay. Uh, the first appearance of the Hobgoblin came with those temporary tattoos. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, and if you have a copy with the tattoos that are removed... Sorry. Worthless. <laughs> because the comic? Yeah. Not worthless. It's great. It's a valuable comic. The comic is great. Don't get me wrong. But those temporary tattoos, <laughs> that is where the value uh, lies. <laughs> so here is a picture. Here is a picture. Oh, come on. Get out of here. I'm going to put it in. I'm going to put a link in Drop the, it in uh, the chat. chat. Uh, it is, as I suspected, just made out of very thick paper. 
so you cannot take this underwater. Uh, well, no, and then I never claimed that you could. Wrong. It said dive, look for sunken treasure. Yeah, they're <laughs> playing make-believe with you. Uh, yeah, it's just a folded up thing that you put together, and they talk about in this article it uh, rapidly disintegrating what as soon as they- What a piece of trash. As soon as they put it into their neighbor's You cannot pool. get two kids into that. Look at this thing. Two little kids. No way. Okay, infants. <laughs> yeah, you can put two babies in it, maybe. Or maybe that kid's a giant. I don't know. Maybe that kid is a giant. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We got one left and it is from Harvey Locust. Go, Harvey, go. There we go. Hey, nerds. Locust here calling in my answer to the question of the week because I'm not watching live because I haven't seen the Mandalorian yet. I know. I know. I know. Beat me. But what can I say? I'm out walking the mean streets of Omaha because my dumb ass forgot to get coffee. So, yeah. But my answer to this week's question, um, having pertained to advertisements, of course, uh, something that I hold a uh, special place in my heart for. Um, it's 1987. Do you know what your children are? Oh, yeah, yeah. It was an ad for the Mutant Registration Act. Oh, yeah. Um, back in the day, 87, obviously. And I'll try to get it posted up so you guys can check it out. Um, yeah, I guess that's it. Talk to you guys later. Bye. That was, that was a kick-ass one. Plug your page, Harvey. <laughs> I should have been more prepared to hang up. Okay, now, bud. <laughs> I forgot about that. Do you know what your kids Yeah, are? do you know what your children are? That was a great one. Uh, we got another voicemail here from our friend Jeff Hitt. Oh, it is Jeff Hitt. Mm -hmm. Look at this. It's very short. Or no, he just says, Hey, John and Matt, Jeff, uh, Jeff hit, and I don't have a whole lot to say. I just want to remind you that play the message, just play the message. All he's saying is vaping is for teens. Have a great Saturday. Play the message. Just play the message. Why? That's what we do. We just heard it. Play the message. No, play the message. I refuse. I'm taking the power back. Screw you. Screw your Star Wars rules. I'm taking the power. It's back. the whole point. People call in. We play their message. Right. Hey, John, Matt, it's Jeff hit, and, uh, I don't have a whole lot to say, but I just wanted to remind you that, uh, vaping is for teens. Have a great Saturday. <laughs> uh, Jeff is, of course, referencing the excellent yes. Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen. Wonderful stuff. Uh, last month's issue four, uh, Jimmy Olsen smacks a vape pen out of Lois's hand <laughs> saying, vaping is for teens, Miss Lane. <laughs> for teens. All right, let's get into our answers. Uh, all Your right, go. Favorite ad. You go ahead. Okay, so my favorite ad was the Dungeons and Dragons one that everybody's bringing up. But I have a second favorite that I am going to use because it started on TV and it started on TV. It was a Nike commercial where Charles Barkley fights Godzilla. <laughs> right? Yeah. Godzilla got game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Charles Barkley fights Godzilla and is like dunking on him. And, you know, but then Godzilla like puts on some Nikes and all of a sudden Godzilla can ball as well. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So about a month after that ad campaign was the biggest thing in the world. Dark Horse printed, Dark Horse still had the rights for Godzilla at the time, printed an entire Nike ad comic book. Yeah, Godzilla versus Charles Barkley. Godzilla versus Charles Barkley. Yeah. And it is one of the worst comics ever made, right? It has got the single greatest panel in comics history, because and that's Godzilla doing a layup, and the caption says Godzilla got game. Nope. 
It says, and then Godzilla got busy. Oh, and then Godzilla got busy. Yes. <laughs> Godzilla got busy. Yeah. That's even like, better. Godzilla in the air. <laughs> yeah, he's doing a Legs he's back, doing like a layup. Giant and his Nikes they are have shaped Godzilla like Godzilla toes. toes. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. It was so Godzilla dumb. got busy. It was the dumbest shit in the world. <sighs> so good. Oh man. So good. I almost I wanted to get a tattoo of that for a while. <laughs> it was so dumb. Oh man. <laughs> Uh, I have so many. I have so many. This, this brought back so many memories. That Dr. J one is burned into my brain for all time. Yeah. Uh, especially because it was drawn by Mad Magazine's Don Martin. Oh, yeah. Um, there was an Evil Knievel one that Don Martin did, too. Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah. Yes. Um, back when before we knew Evil Knievel was a racist and a drunk. Oh, and no. Son of a is bitch. he? <laughs> that sucks. Uh, uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about. Uh, I mentioned it briefly when. Uh, must have been John. Uh, but we weren't talking about the same thing. Uh, the, ad, the, the ads that were for mail in back issues. Yeah. Um, like mile high comics would do it. There was something like called like Americans something comics or American comics, something. Uh, and it would be just be like lists of back issues and prices that you could write in and buy via mail order. And I would pour over those ads as a kid being like, Ooh, I could get that. And I could get that. And it would only be like three bucks and blah, yeah. blah, blah. I never did any of that. Of course. Um, but I was obsessed with seeing like the back issues, what their prices were. Um, one of those ads was the first place I ever saw the tick. It was like hot new number one, the tick. And they had a panel from the tick where he's fighting the ninjas. I'm like, what the fuck is that? Oh yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. And I was like, and then the cartoon came out and I was like, the tick it's, this is the tick. <laughs> uh, but, uh, I would say my favorite ad, uh, something that I have thought about ever since I first started as a kid. It was, uh, it was just like a, it was like one panel. It went across the top. So there would be like other ads underneath it. Right. Um, and it was an ad for, uh, the new X-Men, the Chris Claremont, Dave Cockrum, John Byrne, X-Men relaunch. Okay. Uh, and it must've been, uh, this drawing by Dave Cockrum was done in 1976. Um, but this ad references John Byrne who didn't take over till 78. So they must've used it for a while. Um, and it's like, like the original X-Men, then you'll love the new X-Men. And it's got the original X-Men on the left and it's got, uh, so it's got angel looking normal, Jean gray and Cyclops looking normal, but then you've got Iceman and he's got like a carrot and a hat and he's holding the broom like a snowman. Right. And then there's the beast who is balancing on a ball, holding a book of ABCs and scratching his head. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then on the right is the new X-Men. You've got Cyclops and Phoenix, uh, Wolverine, uh, Wolverine drinking a beer over a gravestone that says RIP Thunderbird, uh, Storm and Colossus. And then just a cloud that says Banff. You don't see Nightcrawler. Right, right. This is the first time I ever saw the X-Men. Oh, no shit. Ever. Really? Yeah. Well, 1978. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what are you two? three i was born in 78 but i had so you were comics one from around that you era. were one. Oh, i started reading very young i'm not trying to brag <laughs> but you brought it up um but so for years i thought beast is a dummy beast is a strong man he's dumb he doesn't know his abcs right uh and i was like guy's an idiot yeah so like the only thing i knew about the x-men was like that five minutes they were on spider-man and his amazing friends thunderbird turns into a bear yeah that wasn't thunderbird no uh not at all but yeah so like <laughs> this was my first exposure to the x-men and i never forgot it it's Fair such enough. a great ad too it's a beautiful drawing Fair enough. um but yeah i, I was just looking at some of the old shogun warrior ads and i remember these 
so vividly because like I remember my cousin got a Shogun Warrior for Christmas one oh, year, yeah, yeah, and I was just like that. That was my first giant robot that like I had very young. I was probably like three or four, and I looked at that thing and was just like, oh. <laughs> shit yeah yeah <laughs> and i had no idea what it was and then all of a sudden the shogun warriors comics popped up and the brilliant thing about the marvel shogun warriors comics is they also had no idea what the shogun warriors were <laughs> right yeah no clue they sure. were just like they're giant robots don't tell me anymore it's i like got it when they when they <laughs> when the first issues of star wars came out the movie yeah. hadn't come out yet so they were making shit up as they went oh yeah yeah, yeah. uh but, other ads that i loved as a like, kid they, hold on the shogun warrior ads encouraged you to destroy the value of your toys by cutting up the packaging that they came in like just cut <laughs> off four of these proofs of purchase keep in mind these were giant robots right so these were expensive toys in the late 70s well yeah but they're like talking about the box every bit of 20 bucks or whatever yeah. you know right so you've got 80 dollars into this right and if you cut off four proofs of purchases send them in guess what you get Tell me. Take a shot. Guess. What do you think it is? Another robot? You've spent $80 on this. Is it another robot? It is not another robot. <laughs> it is an iron-on transfer. Sure. <laughs> like, G.I. Joe did that stuff. Transformers yeah. did that stuff. Like, I remember cutting off the flag points of my yeah. G.I. Joe figures. Yeah. And then I would mail them in and get, like, the fucking... Uh, wind board right it's like that's a four dollar toy <laughs> totally yeah it's like okay it was like a tissue paper sale yeah <laughs> i think that's how i got the like, fridge took it out of the box and ripped it like fuck yeah <laughs> uh, i think that's how i got the refrigerator perry gi joe that's guy. how you had to yeah yeah, like, yeah yeah uh um uh, this is a whole nother discussion. The hooded, like, the hooded cap, uh, hooded, hooded Cobra, Cobra Commander. Commander. Yeah, uh, yeah, and that was how you had to get those toys because yeah. oh, they weren't in stores. I love awesome. that stuff. Sergeant Slaughter as well. And then now your toys are worthless because you not only because took them mutilated. out of the package, but you destroyed them. You the mutilated package. them. Yes. <laughs> uh, Frank Cirillo uh, says, "How about uh, uh, this comic could be worth twenty five thousand dollars?" In the early eighties or late seventies, all the Marvel comics for some months, I think, had a huge banner at the top above the title. Oh yeah, yeah, and it had like dollar signs on it and shit. Uh, I don't know if it had dollar signs, but it was like a big bold banner with big letters, and it said, yeah. "This comic could be worth twenty five thousand dollars." Yeah, that's some sweepstakes thing. I don't even know. But um, didn't you, you had to like cut something out and send something? I don't remember. I they randomly picked, and nobody ever won. I'm sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, but the kids, what do they know? Marvel <laughs> had the best house ads in the eighties. Oh yeah. Uh, I remember there is a, there was an ad for Power Man and Iron Fist. There were two. There was one that was uh, Power Man, and they were both drawn by Bill Sienkiewicz. Uh and it was like Power Man threatening you if you didn't yes. buy their comics. Yes. yes. And then the other one was Iron Fist being like, "Please buy, please buy our comic." Don't tell Luke. <laughs> don't tell Luke if you don't. So like the even the ads were like referencing one another. Uh, there was a sh there was an ad. The She-Hulk one. She was like, John Byrne, buy my comic or I'm going to come to your house and tear, tear up, up all your, your X-Men yeah. comics. And she's uh, like ripping a stack. She's just, she's just, no, she's holding, she's holding a copy oh, yeah, of Sensational like She-Hulk number one. That's right. And she says, this is your second chance. If you don't buy my book this time, I'm going to come over to your house and tear up all your X-Men. <laughs> and uh, because she had a failed series in the early 80s. Yeah. Uh, and then her last issue she sensational she Hulk, i think number 60 is the same pose and i think in that one she is holding an x-men comic and she's like well i told you <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah i marvel had the greatest house ads definitely in the 80s. definitely all the dc ones were really serious i mean dc had some fun ones i remember they, they were, were just always really serious though it was always like uh not in the very early 80s like i, I remember stuff like there was the jason todd one obviously yeah. um but like i remember it would be like uh, DC was doing those um, hundred page giants in the late seventies. Right. They also did uh, they did 
uh, books with a lot of backup stories. They did a lot of backup stories. And that's yeah. where you would get like, what's the Adam up to? We'll find out. He's in this month's issue of Action Comics. Right. Uh, and so they would have these ads and it would be like, whatever happened to so-and-so? And it would be just these headshots of obscure characters. Like, whatever happened to Omac? Whatever yeah. happened to Enemy Ace? And it would like, find out in this month's issue of whatever. And I was like, oh, I love that. And it's like, Enemy Ace. And then he just uh, sits by the fire and looks at old war pictures, <laughs> smokes a pipe, and uh, thanks a lot for buying this issue. <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. But yeah, man, I, I did He's love He's still those. a racist. <laughs> he was a World War One. I, I know, I know, I know, I know. All right, we've got to get out of here. We've gone long. Uh, um, this is a that was ton a great, of fun. I, I love those ads. Anytime we like get to relive like childhood bullshit and like remember how brainwashed we were by this shit, <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. like. Th- if they pulled that shit today, Congress would seriously be interviewed. Like they would cancel the impeachment to sit down these comic creators <laughs> and be like, "You cannot do this to children." It would be like Tipper Gore. You cannot. <laughs> Tipper do Gore this. would show right. up and tell us how bad this everything is disgusting. was. Disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> what is our new question of the week? All right. All right. Our new question was submitted by JD Got a Catch via the THN forums. Okay. We were talking a little bit about this earlier. Never heard of him, but he sounds like a nice guy. We all know that Joe is a big fan of Terry Pratchett and Discworld. It's true. What other prose books? That's books without pictures. Okay. Are the listeners into? All right. I love it. Fair enough. Yeah. Prose books. All right. Let's get down on it. And it doesn't have to be nerd stuff. Just like, no. what are you, what kind, what, what sort of books do you like to read? I mean, yeah, books are nerdy. Yeah, come on. Well, nerd. but sometimes you're reading books about history or that's, art. That's even, even nerdier. <laughs> okay. Me. All right. We had a good time today. Thank you to everybody that called in. And you can always call us at 402-819-4894. You can leave us a message if we're not around. You can send us an MP3 to twoheadednerd at gmail.com. And you can always scream at us on Facebook and Twitter. We will be here next Saturday for the post-Thanksgiving countdown to the Hanukkah drunk episode. Mm. Mm. The drunken Hanukkah episode. I have to keep my shit together a little bit better yeah. this year. <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ. Joe Patrick fell through a picture, well, I, through a plate glass window. Yeah, I mean, last last year I did a little property, yeah. some mild property. <laughs> I did not fall through a plate glass window. <laughs> it was the, the ass over tea kettle edition of the <laughs> <laughs> drunk, drunk episode. I believe we had to re-record it. <laughs> yes, we did. Uh, yeah. We had to wait for you to sober up a little bit because I was yeah, just like, this uh, is, uh, you're gone. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. For now, uh, thank you. Like I said, everybody that played along, we don't have a show without you guys. And thank you to everybody that was in the chat on the Faces book. You're always welcome to join us there, and we will respond to you or at least make fun of you. So uh, Patrick closes out the chat by saying, pros before hoes. Oh. That's right. Oh, boy. Pros before hoes. <laughs> All right. This is the Two-Headed Nerd signing off.